Uh, I cover. Um, oh God, was so I'm not going in, in succession. <laughs> uh, George Eager, who mm-hmm. he uh, shoots of Philip Hamilton's mm-hmm. son, and I also cover James Reynolds, who extorts money, and um, the doctor in the scene where Philip unfortunately dies. So mm-hmm. those are the. Those are like, the features mm-hmm. that I cover in the see, show. See, now I'm going to have to take her up to Chicago to see it. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I just want to thank you for coming to, down here to speak with our students. And I know this is a huge honor for all of us. Um, I'm geeking out just for my kids <laughs> who are huge Hamilton fans. I mean, I love the theater, and I love that they are involved in the theater. Um, they both do drama as a parent, as much as the schedule gets to you every so often, I see just the tremendous benefits to them and the connections that they're making between their core academic content and their arts Mm -hmm. um, studies as well. So um, we'd like to thank you also for agreeing to be on our podcast, Tennessee. So I'm Kate Finn, the STEM director. I'm Mike Mitchell, and I'm the art director. And I'm Antoine Magic Ramon, a universal swing for Hamilton for all five U.S. companies. Fantastic. Totally geeking out just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> While you're doing that, can you talk a little bit? And I, pre- I overheard you, you talking about how your uh, high school teacher started seeing, oh, the shop teacher can do this, and mm-hmm. can, you know, and this person can do this. And for that's one of the things Kate and I are talking about is how um, in education it's important to not work in silos. That your shop, that your teacher was like, oh, there's a skill over here that I need. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about how, how you just see that working inside of a professional theater company? It's absolutely necessary because, yes, there are the people you see on stage that are entertaining you and performing the show for you, but there is an entire army of people back, below, and above the stage that are making the entire experience you have happen. There is the orchestra playing the beautiful music you hear. There is someone. There are some ones who have spent hundreds of hours creating and designing and building the costumes. There is an entire team in the theater that is helping us get into those costumes and they make sure those things are laundered and taken care of. If there's a tear, if there's a rip, if there's a button that falls off, they take care of that on a daily basis. There are the crew members who do a sweep of the stage to set the props, to make sure that the structure of the set is sound and safe for us. They have a work call every Wednesday. They show up at 8 a.m. on a Wednesday for a work call. Then we do a matinee at 1.30 and then an evening show at 7.30. So their work day starts, they're probably up around 4.30, 5 o'clock, and they don't get home until close to midnight. Um, Then we have the ushers, the front of house staff, everyone who seats you, the people who are serving you your beverages, giving you your snacks, the people in the ticket office, uh, even the maintenance. I mean, it is an entire city in one building making a show happen. And so just keep that in mind. And that's something that I try to remind myself. And so each time that I walk into the theater, I say hello to each person that I pass because I see them at least if not every day, at least a few times a week, depending on what their position is. Kate, that's interesting. We get back to when we talk to um, the woman from TSIN, and she mm-hmm. talked about this interesting idea when we start thinking STEAM-related, when you start 
thinking about everyone that it takes to make you successful, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's this really interesting thing called empathy that happens, right? Like Absolutely. You start, like just the idea of being aware, the mindfulness of knowing like, hey, there was a scientist that was involved in something about the rigging. There was some, mm -hmm. there was a tech theater person that mm -hmm. built this thing. There yeah. was, you know, there was engineering, there was art, there's math, but also the history, like, you know, we've been talking about how STEAM isn't just an acronym, right? It is just including every single thing that you might be interested in or that someone might be interested in. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of talk a little bit about your training. So tell us a quick background. You know, where did you go to high school? Where did you go after that? How did you land where you are today? Yeah, I grew up in a suburb of Kansas City, Missouri, titled Blue Springs, Missouri. And I went, they had two high schools, one on the north end, one on the south end. I went to the south end high school of that. And I had been in choir as a little boy in church choir when I was a soprano. Then I got to high school and we had a performing arts center in our high school. And so my freshman year, the theater teacher had talked to the choir teacher and said, please encourage your boys to audition for the musical. So I did. And the first musical I did was Annie. And I loved it. I had always wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be a backup dancer for Janet Jackson. And then I found theater and realized I could sing, dance, and act in one space, and that's that called to me. So uh, I did the musicals all throughout high school. I didn't start any formal training until the summer before my senior year of high school. And that was because we were doing Crazy For You and I didn't know how to tap dance. I could kind of watch and fake everything else, but I could not fake tap. So that's where I started my formal training, and then I went on to Springfield, Missouri, what is now Missouri State University, for my college degree. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Musical Theater. And uh, that just, I mean, throughout from high school on, my first performing job was at a children's theater in Kansas City called the Coterie Children's Theater. And I've done regional theaters, I've done touring companies, I've worked on cruise ships, I've worked in dinner theaters, I've been an associate choreographer, an assisted choreographer, um, and then the odd jobs outside of performing. My first paying job ever was at a Boston market in my hometown. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I love some Boston market. It's so good, that cornbread, oh, uh, yes. dip it in the Caesar dressing, yes. can't go wrong. I agree. Um, one more thing so you have kids you know they love to be on stage they want to do theater they want to do it professionally but they don't get the lead role mm -hmm. so what's your advice to them to you know to maybe still continue and push towards that dream what i have learned it is not where you are positioned on the stage it is what you choose to do with the time you have on the stage and so what i mean by that is even if you aren't the lead role that does not mean what you contribute, like what you contribute to the show is just as important as that person who's standing in the front. Because a story takes, am I out of time? Nope, just kidding. <laughs> the story takes everyone. Um, unless it is written to be told by one person, every person that is involved in that story is necessary for that story to be told. And as someone who often, who has made a career in being the person not in the front so since alone I have made a career of being the person that is not in the front and people still notice you, people see you they see what you contribute they see how you are invested in the story I actually had someone that I don't know and have never met, he saw the show in Chicago last week, he told me he's seen the show 21 times 
that's remarkable, first and foremost. Wow. And he's seen me in the show a few times, which to me is, I'm always surprised by that because I'm not performing the show every night as a swing. And he said, every time I see you on stage, you're fully committed and you're fully invested. And I had no idea he was in the audience. But for me, the reason I'm on that stage is to be committed, is to be invested, is to tell that story and to help the audience have the best experience they can have because that might be the only time they see this show. And so I do that for them. And it just happens to be fun for me, and I get paid for it. <laughs> That's great. Would you also include the behind-the-stage people or behind-the-scenes people in that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it. it's so nice. To, I mean, the work that they do, the, the crew who set the props and everyone who's, if they're moving set pieces or setting, setting set pieces up for us to bring on stage, I mean... That is taxing work, and I appreciate the work that they do so much. Um, and without them, a lot of performers would have no idea how anything works because we're used to things just right. being right. placed somewhere, and no one knows where it comes from. But I watch where it comes from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see the setup. I see how it gets to where it's going. Right. It also sounds like that's an area where you, as a an actor, but also someone who might have that ambition to direct, might have that, like, just understanding, like, hey, I have a backstage to seeing how a professional theater company works at the highest level, right? Absolutely. The hottest show in the world. Yes. I can see the efficiency that it takes. And so, like, to ignore that seems like folly. It seems ridiculous to not understand, like, how are these tickets being sold in the most efficient way? Like, what apps are being used to mm -hmm. push this? How mm -hmm. do we get that person to come 21 times, right? Like, because other shows have lots of experiences of like people don't even come and exactly. you have people coming 21 times and it seems like to pay attention to a show like that that has that kind of power mm -hmm. and resonance within the world it just seems like man this is an education that's, that's your MBA right there <laughs> yes. you know you have your BFA right yeah. like and if you pay attention and I think that's the thing mm -hmm. that is interesting to me is is understanding like man if I just pay attention around the corner like when I get that opportunity to say hey do you want to try directing this or do you want to try doing this you can go like I think I can do this right <laughs> it's like, very true. I paid attention. one more one last question and this is something um, and that I think is important for especially for kids to hear is how has failure helped your success it shows you that you have to keep going you have to keep showing up because you will hear no so many more times than you will hear yes. Would I have loved to have been hired for every show I auditioned for? Yes, but that's not the reality. And so what that has shown me, my failures, it's just that, okay, what I have to do is show up for the work. I have to go to the audition. If I don't go, I am guaranteed to not get hired. <laughs> True. <laughs> but if I go, who knows what can happen? I could get the job. I could not get the job. Actually, in fact, brief anecdote, the choreographer for uh, Hamilton, his name is Andy Blankenbuehler. I auditioned for him for a revival of The Apple Tree on Broadway many, many years ago, 2006 or 7. Mm -hmm. I auditioned for it. I did not get hired for it. Uh, in the course of that audition, he came up to me personally and asked for my headshot and resume. I thought that never happened. I thought it was uh, yeah. folklore of theater, uh, <laughs> but it happened. And then I saw an audition post for In the Heights, which he was choreographing. And the breakdown said, people proficient in hip-hop and Latin salsa dance. 
I did not consider myself proficient in either one, mm -hmm. but I saw his name attached, so I went anyway, just to say, like, I've danced for him before, I'm just gonna go and see what happens. I yeah, get, just get in his brain. Yeah, right? I, yeah, so I show up, I make it through a grueling day of dance auditions. I got in the room at 11 a.m., and then there's several groups in and out, in and out, in and out. Mm -hmm. I finished at 5 p.m. that day. Wow. When I went in to sing, he said, didn't I see you for Apple Tree? I said, yes, you did. So first audition for him, didn't get it. I stayed in his mind. I showed up again. I booked In the Heights, and then I'm now here also doing Hamilton. So Fabulous. if you show up, if you keep showing up, you're going to get the job. Excellent. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Yeah, we, again, part of STEAM, a big part of it is teaching kids how to be resilient and how to grow from those failures and use those failures to prepare them to succeed. And you have just been a shining example of, you know, how that can happen. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Tennis STEAM.